Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So let's get started. This is the final week. Today's lesson is titled, It's Time to Lead. And this is going to be a lot shorter tonight because I have some other things I want to do at the end of class. So um, I just want to talk to you tonight about now is your time. Let's get rid of any timidity or fear and let's just lead. Like, just go ahead and just lead. Just do it. Do Take the gifts and the talents and the authority that God's given you and lead. Um, so the subtitle tonight is Removing Every Weight and Obstacle in Order to Lead and Lead Well. Let's look at Proverbs 31, 30 through 31. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And we could, I could probably teach just on Proverbs 31 tonight. Did you guys finish reading Proverbs this week? Okay, if you didn't finish reading Proverbs, make sure you finish reading Proverbs. That's what the whole class was about, was reading through Proverbs. But Proverbs 31, we could just talk about that tonight. We could break down every scripture in there with this just such incredible wisdom. But I just wanted to use this one verse because I think sometimes, whether it's shame, whether it's um, pride, I know in my life it was, it, it, it's been pride, it's insecurity, for whatever reason, sometimes we shirk back from allowing ourselves to be all that God's called us to be for a fear of coming across proud, for a fear of coming across too strong, for a fear of coming across whatever it is. Um, but this verse says, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And I was reading over this yesterday and it kind of hit me right between the eyes and it's okay for you to be honored. It's okay for you to be rewarded for your faithfulness and for your diligence and for all that you do for the people around you. And there are going to be times where people are trying to bless you. I'm trying not to look over there because my mom and I have had this conversation. I've been not doing very good at this lately. <laughs> I'm trying to not look over there. <laughs> um, there will be times that people are trying to reward you and trying to honor you and trying to bless you and it'll make you uncomfortable for whatever reason. I, I don't know. There's lots of reasons why, but allow yourself to be honored and rewarded and appreciated for the thing. And some of you are sitting there going, I wish somebody would honor and appreciate me. <laughs> I wish they would. All they do is ungrateful kids in my house. A lot of times it's, it's a pride issue. And let's just be real. We got to humble ourselves and receive as well. Okay. So I wanted to throw that in. And the other thing is that your good deeds will publicly praise you. So you don't have to worry about praising yourself. You don't have to worry about bragging about yourself. You don't have to worry about building yourself up or building a name for yourself. Your good deeds will praise you. For sure, they're going to praise you in this earth, but also in eternity. You're going to get to eternity, and you're going to have so many crowns and so many jewels to throw at Jesus' feet for the things that you did behind the scenes that nobody knew about. Your faithfulness, your faithfulness to pray for your children, your diligence to make the right choices, simple things like living in truth and not telling lies, and just deciding that you're going to live above reproach and have character and integrity— those types of things will be rewarded. Some of them in this life, but some of them you won't see the rewards of those things until you get to heaven and you'll have something to throw at Jesus' feet. 
Some people are going to just get to heaven by the skin of their teeth and have nothing to throw at Jesus' feet. I don't want to be that person. I want to get to heaven and I want to be able to honor him with everything that I've got and everything, all the honors that I've received. And so the one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, He who leaves father and mother and lands and homes for my sake will reap a hundredfold in this life and in the life to come. So there's two places we get rewarded here on earth and in the life to come. And so uh, tonight I want to talk, I want to specifically inspire you to go ahead and embrace leadership, embrace it. Don't be afraid of it in your workplace or, or at home in your home, walk in your God given authority as a woman of God, as a Proverbs 31 woman. It sounds cliche, but that woman in Proverbs 31, if you read it, she had and walked in authority. She was out checking on land. She was telling her, her servant girls what to do. Her children were, um, arose and called her blessed. Her husband called her blessed. That woman wasn't just sitting at home looking pretty eating, eating crumpets and drinking tea. Like she, she wasn't, she wasn't like, when we think of authority, she wasn't like the queen sitting up in her home. This woman was working with her hands. She had strong hands and a strong back and a strong mind. And she was working, but living in her authority. And you have been given, you have been given authority in some area. I don't care how young, how old, what your role is, what your life is, what your schedule is. You have been given authority in some role in some way. Tonight, I want you to embrace it, own it, and lead. Just go ahead and lead and multiply. So, you know, don't just take like the, 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 par- the parable of the talents. Don't take your talent and go bury it. And then when, when God comes to you and says, hey, where's that talent I gave you? You're like, I got it. It's right here. I got my talent that you gave me. But then there was the, the, the man who took his talents and he invested it and he multiplied it and he was able to come back and go, oh, you gave me one. Well, here's five I have in return. Well, that's what we want to do when we're leading. We want to invest in our kids, invest in the people that we're leading at work, invest in the people that we're leading at church, improve them, grow them, develop them so that then you have something to offer back to God who gave you the gift of leadership and the authority of leadership in your home or in your church or wherever that you're leading in the workplace. Okay. Number one, you got to understand that we all have a story. This is going to sound direct and harsh, but I mean it sweetly. Just get over yourself. That sounds strong. And you know that that's not my heart. I'm here to hear your story. I'm here to help you through. I'm here to hold hands with you and walk you through your hard times. I will walk through your hard times with you. But at some point, like Pastor, like Angel said, or was it Oscar? At some point, you got to get out of Gethsemane. Like you can go to Gethsemane, but you can't stay in Gethsemane. Jesus went to Gethsemane, but then he prayed. And then he said, the only way to get out of Gethsemane is to pray. So Jesus was on his knees and he got out of Gethsemane, went to the cross, and then he arose. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. So we can't stay in our Gethsemane. We all have a story. I have in your notes, for example, Naomi and Ruth. We all talk about Ruth. We all talk about how faithful she was, how sweet she was, how loyal she was, how how obedient and kind she was, how humble she was. This girl lost her husband, didn't she? No. Yeah. She, I, for a second there, I quest, questioned myself. She lost her husband and her father-in-law, right? Yeah. The men in the family died. Yeah. And her brother-in-law. So this woman had been through major loss. Some of you in this room have been through deep, deep grief and deep loss. 
but you can't stay there because God has provided a Naomi and a new season and a field for you to work in where you'll meet Boaz. And I mean that literally and not literally. Some of you need to meet your Boaz and I'm praying for you to meet your man and meet that godly man that you're going to be married to. Some of you, though, just need to get out there and work in the field that God has provided to you and get out of your grief and get out of your season of brokenness and say, okay, enough is enough. That was horrible. That was terrible. They shouldn't have done that to me or I lost somebody or that circumstance was terrible. I wish that hadn't have happened, but it did. It happened. And now my life is not going to be marked by it. I may be marked by it. I may be changed by it. It may have done something inside of me that transformed me, but I'm going to move forward now and find my Naomi, my next field to work in, my Boaz, my next season. Um, and then she had a son. So her, her life was restored. Even though she probably still missed the life from before, I'm sure she still had a sadness about it. She didn't stay stuck wishing she had that. Let's talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. This girl probably lived her entire life with people questioning her purity, questioning and putting shame on her for her entire life. They probably looked at her. Some people probably looked at her and said, that's the girl who said she got pregnant from heaven with the the son of God. Like she just got knocked up and now she's making up this big story. They probably marked her with that her entire life. And Mary could have gone down in history as this shameful girl who hid in the corner. But she didn't. She raised the Savior of the world. She raised our Savior, the Son of God, and raised Him well. He was God, but He was also man. And so there was some parenting that had to happen there. And she raised Him well. Mary Magdalene is another great example. She was the first one at the tomb, right? So, and Vali was sharing, she shared in youth this past week, she spoke about Mary Magdalene and Mary Magdalene was the first one that Jesus spoke to when he rose from the grave. And the first one that he told, go and tell, she was the first anointed preacher. So if any guy, any person ever tells you women can't preach, just ask them about Mary Magdalene. Jesus himself told her, go and tell, go and tell my disciples that I am alive, that I am risen, that he is not in the tomb anymore. Go and tell the good news. Mary Magdalene was a woman of many men. Mary Magdalene was a woman full of shame. She was, she, she shouldn't have even been in Jesus's company based on her past and her lifestyle, but Jesus took her and didn't, didn't shame her. He didn't He didn't question her. He just took her and he loved her and he restored her. And she was so committed to him because of that, that she was at his tomb. Now, what if she had just decided, I'm too too guilty. I'm too shameful. I'm too dirty. I can't be close to you, Jesus. And kept making it weird and kept making it weird and kept making it weird and kept going, no, and no, and no, and don't, I can't be close to you. No, He, he, he gave her a new life. He forgave her. He redeemed her. He set her up. And then said, now follow me. Be one. She, was, she was one of his disciples. And she embraced that and received the forgiveness and received the acceptance and received all of the rewards that were being a disciple of Jesus. And then because of that, she was the first one at his tomb and she got to actually see him. Who else got to see him that first day when he rose from the grave? Like less than five people. But she was there because she accepted his forgiveness. So I go back to the first point. We all have a story. I know it. I know your stories. They're hard and they're terrible and they're tough. 
But that's why we have Jesus. That's why we have the empty tomb. That's why we have redemption and, and restoration. Like I was, this is a, an example. I was, I was in, standing in the back during worship and I was watching the stage and it was Brianna, Rosa and Beatrice. And during worship, I just got overwhelmed with this sense of gratitude for three women that I know well have not had a perfect life, have, have, have been through personal struggles that maybe no one even knows about except for them and their closest, closest people. Things that they wouldn't even begin to complain about or share in public. But I know their stories and what they've been through. And they were up there leading us into the presence of God on Sunday morning, faithfully embracing their leadership, embracing their calling, embracing their gifting and using it during their trial. Some of them are still going through a trial right now, but they were up there worshiping and leading us into the presence of God. So look, we all have a story, okay? You have a story. I'm not saying that I'm not negating it, but I'm saying it's time for us to, to, to come out of it now. It's time for us to move forward. Okay. Proverbs 29, 24 says pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. How true is it that our story brings humility? How true is it that our story works deeply, deeply into our character that I can't do this without you, Lord. I can't make it. I can't make it a day without your presence. I can't make it a day without your forgiveness. I can't make it a day without your strength. I don't have enough. Your struggle and your trial will bring that kind of humility where you are on your knees, on your face going, I got nothing. I cannot do this. But with your help, Lord, I can. But only with your help, I can. All right, number two. Point number two, and there's only three points tonight. Number two is you can do this. Whatever this is in your life, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is you're struggling with, in your leadership specifically, whatever it is that God's working on you or nudging on you about and stepping out and doing, embracing, you can do it. Proverbs 28, one says, I love this verse. The wicked run when no one is chasing them, but the godly are bold as lions. How funny is that? Like just running and nothing's chasing you. That's how it is to live an ungodly life. Always looking over your shoulder. Always checking to make sure your lies are lining up with the other lies you told. Always making sure that, you know, nobody's catching you doing something you shouldn't be doing. Always making sure you're covering your tracks. That's what it's like to live like the wicked, right? We've all been there or known somebody who's there. But the godly are as bold as lions. You and your leadership, we in our leadership, we get to live boldly. We get to be decisive, make decisions, say what we need to say in love. Sure, we make mistakes, but we get to live boldly and then go back and say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. It happens all the time. But we get to live boldly, not timid or afraid or shrinking back from our leadership. This role, this season, this ministry, and this family is yours. It's yours to embrace and nurture and water and care for and cause to prosper and flourish. It's yours. And we said this the very first night of class. God's already done his part. He's giving his 100%. Now the question is, are we giving our 100%? This ministry that God's given you, Adrian, of children's ministry, this ministry of greeting and serving and being a part of, of um, what's it called on Sunday morning? V-groups, being a part of V-groups. That's a ministry that God has given you, Michelle. 
Every person that you encounter on Sunday morning that comes through those doors that you shake hands with, that is a ministry. Don't think of it as just another thing that you're doing. That's a ministry that God's entrusted you with. Folly, the youth ministry, the college ministry that God gave you this last year. Beatrice with the worship. Rosa with your, with your businesses. Whatever it is, your job, your ministry, your family, your children, they're yours to embrace invest in, water, nourish. And we're going to talk about something else in a second concerning that. Number three, this flows right from number two. Take ownership. Take ownership of your role and your calling. Embrace it. Stop despising it. Stop wishing it was someone else's. Stop wishing you had someone else's. I'm sorry, but it's yours. Okay? God gave it to you. It's yours. That's it. They're yours. The kids, they're yours. Okay? They're yours. It's okay to get a babysitter. It's okay to drop them off at daycare once in a while. But at the end of the day, they're yours. They're your responsibility. Okay? That, that, those people who work for you, those people, they're your team, Rosa. They've been given to you. It's your job to take care of them and to raise them up and teach them. Adrian, it's, they're yours. Every volunteer. Every person who, who comes through those doors in children's ministry, they're yours to invest in, and you're doing an incredible job with it. But we have to stop despising it. And I've been through it, y'all. I've been through seasons. I'm going to be real honest. I was daycare director 12 years. Ten of those years, I hated it. Like, hated it. Like, I didn't want to be there. I didn't like it. It was hard. It's a, y'all, give Ariana an extra hug here and there. That job is difficult. And we make mistakes and we don't do it perfect, but it is a difficult job. When I was there, we had 120 kids. I don't know how many parents and I don't know how many 16 staff. And it was very difficult for my personality. And it wasn't my final, and this is what I want you to get from this. It wasn't my final destination. But for that season, it was mine. And I had to embrace it. And I didn't always do well at it. I kind of tried to get it off my back and give it to someone else many times. But until I embraced it and realized, okay, This is not my final destination. I don't want to do this for 40 years. Dear God, please don't make me do this for 40 years. (laughs) I'll never forget a pastor that told Matt and I this, and it was such wisdom. He said, look, if what you are currently doing, you can't imagine yourself doing for 40 years, it's just a transition. It's just a training period. Now, pastoring, I can't imagine doing that for 40 years, and I love it. But daycare director, not so much. But it was a training ground. It taught me so much. Managing people, being decisive, being strong when I wanted to not be strong, when I wanted to be weak. So much wisdom, so much, so many details. There was just so much that went into that job that I know now is in, instilled in me that I can use in, in my role now. But embrace it. Own it. Stop wishing it was someone else's. Proverbs 29.2 says, When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. So what does that verse tell me? Guys, all of you are godly. So if you're in authority, people are going to rejoice. They're going to be thrilled that you're their boss. They're going to be thrilled that you're their mama. Not always. Sometimes they're not. But at the end of the day, hey, look, I was sitting over there today thinking, I am so glad that I had a godly mother who raised me right. Back then, all my friends thought my parents were strict. They were, but in a good way. They raised us. They were strict, but they loved us. We had fun, but they were strict. I got spanked. I got grounded. I wasn't, I, I, I don't know how to explain what I, what I'm trying to say is your kids may not thank you now, but someday you're going to see the fruit of it. 
you're going to see the fruit of those tough decisions. You're going to see the fruit if you just focus on one thing. Be a godly mama. That's it. Just be a godly mom. Do your best. Make the best decisions that you can. Ask for help when you don't know what to do, when you're lost. Find an older woman who's succeeded at it and done well at it and ask her questions. What did you do when your teenager went crazy? Well, you know, just, I can tell. I never went crazy, right, mom? Did I go crazy? Not too bad. I was the favorite. Sorry if you're listening, Adam. That's my brother. Okay. Underneath, take, I'm just kidding, y'all. They didn't have favorites. They were good parents. Okay. Number three, underneath number three, taking ownership. Listen, number one, just go ahead and lead. Like I said earlier, just lead. What, what does that mean? It means just, just be, be a leader, make decisions. If you make decisions and start moving forward, they're going to follow. They're going to follow your lead. <laughs> Find your team. Okay. Some of you are at different steps in this. Some of you already have your team. Some of you, you need to find your team. Some of you in the next year, you're going to grow and have your own connect group. Don't get scared. Some of you are in the next year. You're ready to have your own connect group and to lead. Have two or three women in your house once a week. And you have a little tea for them. And you talk about the sermon that Pastor Matt shared on Sunday. And that's it. It's real simple. Connect groups aren't complicated. It's not like this every week. This is a, this is a class. This is different. But our connect groups, all you have to do is have a couple women in your home. Share a little bit of a refreshment and talk about the sermon from last from Pastor Matt from from the Sunday before. Refresh it, go over it, go over the verses, ask questions, connect. You're you're ready, you're capable. Go ahead and just lead. All you have to do is talk to your connect group leader and go, I would like to have a connect group in the next year. And she'll tell you, Awesome, I'll pray with you and I'll help you and we'll do it together. And she'll release you out into doing that. Instead of having three or four next year by this time, we should have eight or nine or ten. Okay? You can do it. Find your team. Grow your team. Water your team. Pray fervently. Jesus prayed, and then he selected his team. He prayed, and then he went out and chose his disciples. Spend the time in prayer needed to birth in the Spirit what you need in the natural. Take the time to pray and birth in the Spirit what you need in the natural. God, I am shorthanded. I need five more volunteers. God, I am shorthanded. I need three more staff members. God, I am short, And I used to hate it. Oh, I'd get so mad when I'd call Pastor Barbara. I'd call her and I'd be moaning and groaning and complaining about how shorthanded I was and how I couldn't find anybody. And she would listen real sweetly. She'd hear me out. And then she'd go, well, babe, she's going to have to go to the altar and pray it through. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to like help me recruit or like post it online or in the newspaper. And she was like, you're just going to have to go to the altar and pray it through. And when I would listen, it would happen just like that. And I'm, I'm telling you, it would surprise my, 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 my complicated mind, but I would do it. I'd say, yes, ma'am. And I'd go do it. And within a week, I'd have the perfect worker. So we, comp- we overcomplicate it, but even Jesus, the Son of God, had to pray through his team before he went and selected his disciples. He had to pray it through. And there was still a Judas. So people are going to fail you. People are going to make mistakes, but pray it through and then select your team. Do your best. 
Some of your workers, you're going to wish you had never hired them. It's okay. Move on and hire someone else. Okay? Identify what is holding you back. Take the time. We've talked about this extensively in class. Take the time. Hear from God and cut out what needs to be cut out. Look, if you're struggling, if you feel like your ministry, your family, your job, your position of leadership, whatever it is, if you feel like it's cracked, disorderly, not stable, not doing well, stop and take the time to go, I need to invest more time into that. I need to, I've got all of this on my schedule, but this is going to have to wait for a while because I've really got to focus on this. I keep bringing up Rosa because we just had a conversation about this where, you know, you want to grow this, this, and this in your business, but you don't have enough workers. So all of this has to just be put on hold for a while while you focus on building your team. In your family, for example, you might have four kids and three are doing great and one is just not doing great, failing in school, struggling. Stop. Investigate. Find out what's going on. Do they have a phone? Are they on social media? Who are they talking to? What's going on on games that they're playing? Are they chatting with people they shouldn't be chatting with? Slow down and invest your time into that kid and get it back to where it needs to be. And then that season, and then that season will end and you can go back to focusing on other things. If your ministry is struggling, if your area needs more focus, then cut down on other things in your life temporarily. Tell people, no, I'm sorry. I'm in a season right now where I just can't do anything extra because you're spending. We went over your scheduling, right? And how to schedule your day. There's only so many hours in the day. And if you're area is struggling or your ministry is struggling, then take more of those hours and put it towards building and healing and restoring and getting it where it needs to be. Okay. Um, prosper, flourish, have fun, use your creativity, pour out and be poured into leadership. Shouldn't be okay. Leadership can be difficult, but it shouldn't be It should also be fun and rewarding and exciting because there's something on the inside of every single one of you that God's gifted to be a leader. And it's on there and it's trying to get out. Like, Amanda, you're called to be a leader. And it's like, maybe no one has ever told you that your entire life. But you have leadership skills and abilities that are just in there. But you're not brave enough to just bold enough to just let it out. Just let it fly. Be who God's called you to be. And you will be reward. You'll feel so rewarded and free. It's okay. If you cry, it's okay. You Debbie, put your hand on Amanda. Let's just pray for her. Father in Jesus name. I thank you for the leadership in Amanda. I thank you that every word that's ever been spoken over her, that's anything other than your words, your Uh, affirmation, your approval, and your calling on her life. We break all of those words. We cancel them, and we release your acceptance, your love, your authority, your boldness over her. And we call her out right now to be the leader that you've called her to be in Jesus' name. Whose connect group is Amanda in? Okay, just start using her in little ways, even in your connect group. Give her responsibilities. We're going to pull leadership out of you, okay? All right. So what was I talking about? Leadership will be rewarding because it's in you, okay? It's like a a really gifted athlete who gets to play in the championship game and hit that final shot, that buzzer shot, and they win, and they live in that glory for the rest of their lives. Well, it's because it was in them. They trained for it. They prepared for it. They got coached for it. They did everything to build up to that moment, and then they nailed it. And that's what it feels like when you fully step into and walk in the purposes and the calling of God for your life. And when it's 
less you and more him. And he's just carrying you and you're just flowing in the anointing. And we cannot end this class without saying, you walk in your leadership by walking in God's anointing. What is that verse that says, uh, I think it's in Ephesians, that says um, his power at work in us. What is it? Let me look it up real quick. I feel like I need to share this to end the class. Ephesians 1. Who has a, a, Michelle, can I see your Bible real quick? Ephesians 1.19. I also pray that you just jot down Ephesians 1.19 in your notes and you can look at this later. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And so in another version, it says, by his power at work in us, we are able to do all things. And so flourishing in leadership cannot happen if you're not flowing in the anointing of God. And I think all of you know, we talked about it week after week, that the way to get that is to spend time in his presence, just sitting in his presence, being with him. Sometimes you don't even say anything. Sometimes you got a lot to say, but being with him and receiving that anointing in order to be able to get out there and do what God's called you to do. The last thing is push through and push forward. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. You guys, do you have that in your notes, the, the verse? Yes. yes. Is it written out? No. Okay, look it up in your, in your Bible real quick, in your Proverbs book. I want you all to see that verse. Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. So when we talk about leadership, we talk about taking ownership, we talk about stepping out. Just push through and push forward. We talked about that earlier where we talked about leaving Gethsemane and just pushing through and pushing forward. So I think we've already covered that. I won't hit it again just because I want to finish some other things for class. Um, but whatever is yanking you back over and over and over again, maybe you feel like you're taking two steps forward and then it's yanking you back. You're taking two steps forward and then you get the same phone call. And then you feel like, okay, I'm doing better. I'm breaking free from depression. Or I'm breaking free from whatever it is I'm struggling with. And then you get bad news and it yanks you back. Whatever it is that's yanking you back, take the time to talk to the Lord about it. And you might just need to get some, like Pastor Coy always says, some supernatural scissors out and just snip, snip. Some relationships just need to be cut. Some people just don't need to have access to you. If that is continually yanking you back over and over and over again, God, you're not being extra godly or walking in love by being a victim to somebody's behavior. That's not just, that, God's not calling you to that. He's called you to be, to walk in love and walk in freedom and walk in forgiveness, but you can forgive somebody and them not have access to you and not be able to affect you over and over and over again. If you're still dealing with the same person that's affecting you and your marriage and your kids and your work and your ministry over and over and over again, they are a, they have access to you and they are a, um, a messenger of the enemy. So then Satan hasn't, has access to you. 
God has already, he's already provided everything to protect you. You're allowing that to continue to affect you. You're allowing that and you're the only one who can stop it. And it's hard. And I'm not saying that it's easy. It is very difficult to cut those relationships and to put up a boundary and say, this isn't going to affect me anymore. It's hard. It hurts. You're going to cry over it. You're going to grieve over it. But at the end of the day, that's the only way for you to step into your next season. Otherwise, it's going to keep yanking you back. And I'm freeing you right now. The lie of the enemy is going to tell you, you have to stay in that. You don't. That's not, that's not God. God's not telling you to stay in something that's toxic and unhealthy and hurting you. That's not God. Promise. We need to talk about that more in depth. You got my number. Okay. All right. I love you guys. Let's pray.